Hey everyone, before we get into this week's episode, we just wanted to quickly address a, a certain tangent that came up in uh, last week's episode where we discussed our new friends of the show, the Mutton Birds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the tangent was talking about a song that was in the countdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really mean, got in the way of all that Irish dance stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the real sort of the conversation was, of course, the humble, endangered, yet mighty Kakapow. Nature's best trap artist. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about it afterwards. Uh, you can, anyone can, adopt a Kakapo yeah. uh, by giving a bunch of money to the, the people doing a lot of conservation work for it. Just to be clear, you don't get to you actually get adopt it. That's no. literally the last thing they fucking want. <laughs> they just started fucking. Yeah. <laughs> but you do get like a certificate and a little plushie of the Kakapo and a bookmark and some and stickers. We are 100% doing it. Yes. Yeah. 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 We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Uh, we looked at a lot of Kakapo. So we're going to adopt a Kakapo named Bluster Murphy. <laughs> Uh, it says uh, when he was a chick, he was attacked in his nest by a male kakapo. He lost two toes, but he seems unaffected by this. But he's now a rambunctious teen, just like us. Uh, <laughs> he enjoys stealing other birds' foods and yelling at older males at their bowls. Which absolutely fucking rules. If you ever, if you lose to- like a couple of toes in a fight as a child, and then you dedicate your life to yelling at the patriarchy, that's yeah. a good life, man. It's like a vigilante. <laughs> yeah, he's vigilante justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to adopt Bluster Murphy. Um, we'll put up a picture of of our little son. We'll set it to trap music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you also want to adopt one, it's a very worthwhile cause. If you do have the money and you do want to support something that is like we as people have absolutely fucked the planet up, and if you can do anything possible to mitigate that in any way, like helping out these adorable endangered birds, and you have the cash to do it, it's a very fucking worthwhile thing. I'm not actually, I'm not doing a bit for once when I'm imploring you to <laughs> go give five stars to every of power you can while you're at it. Yeah. <laughs> Hop on iTunes, give us five stars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Friend of nature. Mm. You know, that's yeah. worth five stars, probably. <laughs> His father's name is Smoko, also, Buster Murphy. Which is so sad. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, hit us up on Facebook. If you haven't done so already, you'll be getting a lot more Kakapo-related content yeah. there. Well, we have a son now, so we have to put pictures up of him all the all time. time. Yeah. And you've got two, so, yeah, you know. that's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> be nice to your stepbrother, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just really bully him. <laughs> Obviously favouring a certificate of a bird <laughs> in another country. <laughs> I'm taking oh, a get plus to get to ride in front. Yeah, I, I'm taking my certificate to the ball game. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for getting about the plushie. Yeah, oh, yes. Surely that's a better stand-in. <laughs> yeah, he can ride in front. <laughs> <laughs> devil in disguise that's why i'm singing this song we are hottest 100s and thousands and we have taken control of your freaked out radio station baby yeah oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is the podcast where it's my happening and it freaks me out baby yeah this sort of thing's my bag baby i swear we've done cartman before (laughs) now <laughs> the next best impression that everyone wants to hear. Oh, it, yeah, we've done Borat as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just check them off, it's right? It, has to, it had to happen. Yeah. It has to happen. It just has to happen. Yeah. My name is David James Young, and I'm one of the four sexy bitches that are in this room here to talk about the Hottest 100. Joining me once again, Adam Danger. We may have to limit how much we do that, though. <laughs> there's, been a lot of, there's been a lot of it so far. 
If we keep up this pace, I shouldn't be saying any of this. I'm just encouraging you. <laughs> there, there, there is a context of this. <laughs> uh, hi. Hello. Is that what you're waiting for? Yeah. Yeah, okay, hey. Uh, the Fembot, Andrew McDonald. Groovy. Uh, and Dr. Evil himself, Nathan Harrison. Nice. I yeah. I didn't get one. <laughs> one million dollars. Oh, bam, bam, Dr. Evil. Was, was, I didn't get a character. Um, you're Austin Powers, dude. Sick. Danger is your middle oh, name. He's the, he's Remember? The main one. <laughs> the main Here guy. is your Swedish penis pump. <laughs> this is your happening. It freaks you out, baby. It does freak me out. <laughs> Yeah, baby, yeah! I'm going to save my impression until Free- later, though. Freaking everybody out, probably. Oh. <laughs> We're going to get real freaky. Uh, but first, let's get real sad, you know, just to, just to really fuck with the mood a bit. Yes. Uh, at number 70, we're back with something for Kate. This is whatever you want. Pick the wrong time to be looking up at the night. Popular belief came down, destroyed his house and claimed his side. Forwards and lockstep, barely able to draw breath. Yeah, curiosity killed the cat. He's buried alongside every great mind we've ever had. I'm sorry, I know it's only rock and roll. But I felt this twinge in the back of my Something for Kate at number 70 there in the 1999 Hottest 100. That is the song Whatever You Want. It comes from the album Beautiful Sharks. Nathan. Tiger Sharks are quite good. Yeah. Oh, yeah? What is the most beautiful shark? shark? We're all all Mm. wondering. Yeah. (laughs) That that female street shark. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. (laughs) What? Was it Ruby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember the female street shark. There was this this famous. I'm bringing it up. Hang on. This guy on the internet, uh, he wrote this really great article. We'll post it in the show notes because it's so relevant to Hot 100. (laughs) Um, This guy from the internet wrote this long article talking about how in the early days of IMDb and like pre the current internet like you know back when you used to go to more than four different websites and you actually had a good time online because it was interesting Mm. this guy went to these forums and he was positioning himself online as like a street sharks expert like like, like he has the VHS's and he wrote these plot episodes that never existed and mentioned this female street shark called Ruby like this purple street shark with like big silly lips and then he posted it enough and cross posted it enough and got it referenced on IMDB and stuff and people were saying like yeah I remember that street shark and I remember those episodes like yeah I was already, my sister I was a favorite character she was really glad there was a female street shark and he just was writing it as a case of like whenever anybody talks about the Mandela effect yeah like, totally which is that thing we've done on this it's a pretty common thing now but like people believed that Nelson Mandela had already gotten freed from jail before he actually got out of jail and then they were then saying like oh like it can't be my mind that's just wrong. It must. We must have jumped dimensions. That's more... The, and same with the other one is... Real the, Razor out. Yeah. yeah. So, I've, I've heard about this. The Berenstein, the Berenstein Bears. bears. Everyone, everyone misremembers the fact that it's spelled... It's actually spelled Berenstein Bears, not Berenstein, which is like a more common yeah. name. Which is a lot more easy to fuck up than when Men, Nelson Men, Mandela yeah. was released from jail. So, but, like, But even then, it's just like the thing in, in your brain that makes you go... 
I can't be wrong. Yeah. Mm. It's beautiful. And I can't be wrong to such an extent that something fundamentally, like, about the universe. cosmic has shifted yeah. I'm around me. I'm, I'm on board mm. with that to an extent, but just set the bar a little higher than <laughs> where I and E go. Yeah. Because, like, people fuck that up in, like, the word receiving. Yeah. It's a common word. See, the, the problem is that, like, it, yeah. like, the problem with that is that it, it, it places such a huge onus on your own fucking genius. Yeah, it You're absolutely like, does. It, it's yeah. why fucking witness testimony is garbage because no one remembers anything well. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. Our brains I are just, terrible. I just can't believe people forgot when Mandela was freed. You know, it was the <laughs> summer of 2005. <laughs> we were all celebrating, you know, there was dancing in the streets. Yeah, it was just, it was a fun, innocent time. What happened to us? As a people, yeah, in in this post Mandela world, <laughs> funnily, funnily enough, at that at that uh, the the free Nelson Mandela party in two thousand five, something for Kate were the headlining act. Mm. Brought yeah. it back, I love it. Yeah. Thank you, because this song like does not deserve to be no, brushed over in, in such a way. Whatever you want by something for Kate is Whatever the first want. track of uh, Beautiful Sharks, which yes, I think is. is really like a big deal. This isn't like a first song. On mm. an album, it's not punchy and it's not really like a beautiful slow ballad or whatever either. I think this kind of tempo for a song is tricky. I think a lot of bands don't pull it off well. Sure. I think it really sits between a couple of different energies. Uh-huh. But I like that a lot. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. It sounds like, and this is kind of about that tempo, it sounds like the end of a conversation. Like, you're not jumping in at the start of this discussion. This is the point in the conversation where you've made your case several times and you just putting up your hands and you're like, okay, guy, whatever you want. I've said my piece and it's clear to me that you are going to do what you're going to mm. do and, and I'm just going to have to watch it or whatever. You know, we've talked about that kind of vibe with the Whitlam's before with the Charlie songs as yep. well, but mm. this is just like a real sad kind of, I don't know what else to do. I think starting an album with that is real, like a real punch, you know? Totally. That line talking about like buried alongside every great mind we've ever had, it's like... He, he's capturing to me exactly how it feels to just feel alienated from everyone. Mm. The things that I value aren't valued. Yeah. That's what this song is to me as, yeah. a, as a kind of statement. It's like, I've tried, just, but you just, yeah. It's like, whatever you want, everyone. Like, yeah. what I yeah. want, yeah. it seems as though no one's interested in. The things that I value... <laughs> <Real> passive aggressive. <laughs> oh. oh, I guess I no, just no, don't no. matter then. Okay, yeah, of course. Yeah. I get, yeah, fine. No, pizza will be fine. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pizza's pizza great. Yeah, will yeah, yeah. be fine. I, 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 I guess nobody likes burritos. Sure. Yeah. Whatever you want, mum. Just scribbling down <laughs> lyrics as he's having yeah. that <laughs> What are you writing? Nothing. Don't worry about it. He's doing it under the table so yeah. no one see. But he can also see it because he's fucking seven yeah. feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do this. This song is too earnest for this shit. Pizza uh, will be uh, fine. I remember. Um, it's a really good Dempsey. When, Thank when, you. When we were first talking about something for Kate, like a number of seasons ago now, I remember mentioning that they were never really in my bag when I was like in high school when they were like kind of exploding. Yeah. Jokingly calling them something Kate wishes she could return, which I thought was very, very clever. It's pretty um, clever. It's, yeah. Like, am I becoming a fan of these guys now? Like, <laughs> Fuck, I every, so. every time we talk about them, I'm I want like, you on the team, man. Every, I really every, do. Every, every time we talk about them, I'm like, no, well, this one's good. And like, <laughs> and the, yeah. yeah. And one by one, man, yeah. we're getting you. And this one is good, man. Mm, like, yeah. it feels much more sparse and minimalist in its arrangement than it is. Like, the whole band is there. Yeah. But it feels like it's 
one guy in a room, right? Even though like, mm. like there's drums and bass and everything's working there. This song's but a starless feels, night. Yeah, it feels, mm. but it, fe- yeah, it feels so yeah. lonely and just like there. I really love the lyric at the start of the second kind of verse bit that, um, I'm sorry, I know it's only a rock and roll, but I felt this twinge in the back of my mind. You do not have a monopoly on the truth. Again, leading back to that idea, which I think is the core of the song, which is just kind of like, you know, this is what I think, but maybe Nelson Mandela was released yeah. in a different year. Yeah. It came out in 2005. <laughs> that is a really good Dempsey. <laughs> Can I just say, I fucking love Paul Dempsey. Paul Dempsey is One a perfect man. One of the coolest man. fucking people, he man. Is a, like, the way his voice sounds in this was just so melancholic and strained, but just like... And pained, but just so beautiful. Like, oh, it's just, and yeah, I'm in love. he can still sing all these songs now. A lot of dudes, like, who have those, like, big high ranges back in the day, you hear them playing the songs now, and it's just like, is that three steps down? Like, you've com- <laughs> just completely down tuned the guitar. You see fucking Robert Plant being like, there's a lady who's sure. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, dude, you can't hit those high notes anymore. But fucking Paul Dempsey, if anything, has gotten better with age. Like, I'm sure we've all seen those insane covers he's done of like, uh, If It Makes You Happy by Sheryl Crow mm. and Wrecking Ball and shit, where he's playing them in the original key and then just fucking destroying those original high notes that was sung by women in their 20s. He's a fucking man in his 40s just being like, and they're like, how the fuck did you do that? He just defies expectation. And that's one of the things that I've always loved about something for Kate. The fact that people think they know them, like on that surface level of just, they might know like three dimensions or monsters or something like that. You know, like a couple of things and just like, oh yeah, I've got that figured out. But then you go through records like Elsewhere and you go through records like Beautiful Sharks and Echolalia and shit like that. And you're just like, oh fuck. There is so much more here than you would have initially expected. In terms of ma- mainstream reception, something for Kate have never gotten the credit that they deserve. That eh? makes sense, though. Mm. And that makes. I don't think they should. Like, I think this this band. No, like some bands, <laughs> they should suffer. <laughs> not at all. But some bands live comfortably in cult status. That's their environment. Yeah, mm. they live to be a band that isn't known by everyone but people who love them they have such a strong personal connection that if that was shared anymore there's not enough to go around it would be it would be stretched to beyond breaking and this is so gentle and so personal and so open yeah it can only be that kind of small kind of micro environment for people they're the bands that i like the most And and so perhaps yeah i mean like maybe it's a selfish wish for me that it's like i'm glad that this band isn't bigger i'm glad that it's still special because you know that Unfortunately, because we tie art into, you know, capitalism in the same way that we do everything, that equates to a band not being as comfortable, perhaps, as they should be. But it makes the belonging to that band and to the community that is around that band so much more special. Particularly just, they're a rock band. Like, I think they're operating on a depth that doesn't work on that really high pop level. Yeah, I agree, yeah. But also, I think it's because... The issues that they deal with and the loneliness that they channel through a lot of their music, it couldn't be bigger. It's not like it's super tricky music, but it's trickier themes and trickier sonic aesthetics than more successful rock bands who, yeah, are, who right. are still rock bands, not yeah, like pop definitely. acts, but like the way they shoot is too narrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. Thing, the things that they write about are not experiences that everyone can relate to. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, but if you know, you absolutely know and it like hits you in the chest. And that man in the arrhythmia that happens that little heart skip yeah. in the chorus the mm. way that it borrows time like it lands yeah, just the, with just the, the harmony yeah oh yeah 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 
Man. Fuck, he's 23 man. at this point. No, yeah, he's crazy, he's, right? That's, his, like, that's only his like actual age. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, his yeah. real age is 40. You know, I hate the like, oh, you, you know, whatever, these young people. But like, what a depth of songwriting and arrangement. And obviously the whole band, like it's not just the Paul show, but like. Mm. Totally, yeah. Man, so good. Yeah, because this was Steph's first record with them as well. So this was the first record, as we've talked about, with the, the mm. classic lineup. Yeah. Did you know Steph was almost poached by Hole? Yeah, no way. I did hear yeah. that because she just left the band Sandpit. Yeah. yeah, so they toured uh, something for Kate. I mean, toured over in the states, and they got the attention of Hole, and and Courtney was just like, "Yo, Steph, hmm. come come join Hole." And yeah, Steph, to her credit, was just like, "I'm nah, I'll just keep being part of one of the best Australian bands ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine." <laughs> I'm Courtney Love. Never heard. Of yeah. <laughs> just. Mm. Oh, what a great song. What a great band. Mm. In conclusion, free Nelson mm. Mandela. Oh, yeah, and that female street shark that never existed looks cursed as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> FYI. <laughs> All right, let's kick into our next song. Uh, coming up next, we have the incredible Nine Inch Nails making their return in the 1999 Hottest 100 with a little song called Starfuckers Incorporated. My God. Uh, coming in, uh, sorry. Oh, fucking hell! The whole the whole document's gone. Um, can anyone remember what number we were up to? So we just did seventy. Mm-hmm. I think sixty-eight's coming. Oh, sixty-eight's coming. So <laughs> oh lord, it's coming. Oh lord, it's coming. So we've just got to figure out um like what came in. Adam, do you do you know the the number? Well, David, I do. What what number would that be? Well, David, the number just happens to be. The horniest one of them all. Uh huh. Andrew. Adam. 69. 69, baby! <laughs> Woo! I also told you to do it. <laughs> Woo! I don't know why we're doing this. Woo! Are you all playing different things yes. on your phone? Deej messaged both Nathan and I individually, apparently, to say, um, when I say 69, pick an obnoxious song to play, your choice. It was real, you know, spy hours. Yeah. That must have been terrible for you, Adam. Mate, it was for the moment, okay? <laughs> Don't ruin my moment. <laughs> that was cooked. That was moment. We are talking about song number 69 on the day of days 420. This is fate, yeah. people. Uh, the day of recording is uh, is uh, the 20th of April. Yeah, so if you want to go back in time and uh, get so- married on 420 this year, your 50th wedding anniversary will be on 420 in 2069. So yeah. something to think about. 
for the oh, past. Oh, Andrew. <sighs> I know. I need to get married today. <laughs> You're real quick. Come on. And also need to um make sure I live for 50 more years. Yeah. <laughs> That's tricky. That's the tricky bit. Trickier. Super tricky, right? Like, I'm a little bit trickier. I, I, I certainly want to be alive before 2069. But, like, maybe I won't live to be 80. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, though, uh, death is just a meme and not real. Because if it was, you'd be scared all the time. Yeah, and you'd be paralyzed by fear <laughs> yeah. and unable to do anything yeah, or connect yeah. with anybody. Yeah, you would spend all your life thinking life's too short, and, that's, <laughs> and then, then that's all your lot in life is. Yeah. But thankfully, it's just a meme, yeah. so it's okay. Speaking of people that are going to live forever, Trent Reznor. Uh, and his particular rock outfit, uh, Trent Reznor and the Nine Inch Nails. Trent Reznor's Nine Inch Nails. Before we go any further, the two things we've covered off on uh, so far have been truth is not real and death is not real. This is death this is isn't real. Lucky. It's been a long week. I'm feeling alive. Andrew. David. What What are your collected thoughts on the song Starfuckers Incorporated by the band Nine Inch Nails from their album, their double, double spud, The Fragile, which came out in 1999 and was deemed hot enough to be the 69th song nice. in the 1999 Hottest 100. I am a uh, big fan well, of this great. song. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> no, I, I'm a big fan of this song. I know I've heard um, in some Nine Inch Nails circles that this is kind of a... People kind of look down on this song. Really? Um, in the context of The Fragile, which is a good record, but like all double records could have been a better single record. <laughs> it's because it's by far their most explicitly like industrial ministry-esque track on this record, maybe in their career, because it bangs with that kind of early 90s industrial groove that usually they just channel into their own way. But this one's very much, apart from that middle section, is very much straight down the line. But I love it. I think it's a terrific track. When I was first getting into 90s Nails... I knew of this song, and also it's got a very catchy title, got to swear. Um, <laughs> and the Triple J audience loves a good Triple, swear. We do, yeah. yeah. Um, the glitchy vocal effect in the verses, oh, super fun, grounds it more in the Nine Inch Nails context than like a, like a ministry or like a revolting cox context. The way it like makes his vocals almost have like a swung beat to them. Like, yeah. Love that. Then when I get the chorus comes in, that huge beat and the goddamn gang vox. Totally. It sounds like it's gang vox, but I could also believe it's just Reznor on Reznor. Yeah, like, true. It's, yeah. He just, he's just produced his voice to be impossibly huge. Yeah. Compositionally, like, in terms of like, like lyrics rather, many different interpretations about what this is about. Or who. Or who rather, yeah. Um, most common interpretation or popular interpretations are Marilyn Manson and Courtney Love. Pretty much um, confirmed both. Yeah, yeah. I we pretty much pretty much confirmed both because right? like the song essentially is just like a sardonic kind of ironic shot at like selling out and how the music industry makes you a sellout which industrial rock in the 90s covers it's very very well covered ground but yeah. I think Trent gives it a fun spin here yeah. and like the fact that like it's potentially about Courtney or Marilyn is, is made more interesting when um, you watch the I think essential fucking video for the song because the video is really really good it starts with like Trent and like this faceless like leggy beauty in the back of a limo it goes to him going to this fairground kind of thing where he throws a bunch of CDs in a toilet including a 90s now record and two Marilyn Manson records mm. and then does like a shooting gallery thing he shoots like Billy Corgan and a bunch of like other 90s grunge yeah, people kind right. of thing but then like because I, I know when they must have been writing this because this was obviously a number of years after Closer or other Downward Spiral, Downward Spiral yeah. um and I know Trent was having some very bad addiction issues at this point in his life. Um, 
and he had a bit of a falling out with Marilyn. But by the time the video was meant to be done, obviously that had been healed because Marilyn Manson directed the video. And then the reveal at the end is that the leggy beauty, like the face comes off and it's Marilyn Manson because <laughs> he, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. Directed by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. did twist? Yeah. Which works because Marilyn Manson's like androgynous and was super skinny at that Especially, point. Especially, so. yeah, he's doing mechanical animals. Yeah. So that's the, that's the whole androgyny thing. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, partly written for Marilyn and also Courtney. Again, also very well-trodden ground for grunge and alternative things to take a pot shot at Courtney Love. It's very in vogue, Trent. But, yeah, I think this song just absolutely slaps. Super, mm. super high energy. Um, going back to what you said about well-trodden ground rewriting songs about Courtney Love, many people think that the name Starfuckers Incorporated was directly interpolated from... A lyric from the Tori Amos song Professional Widow which is reputedly written about Courtney Love as well in which oh, really? she uses the the line Starfucker mm. in it oh, we talked right. about that we song. have talked about that Professional song Professional Widow uh, about mm. three seasons ago mm. yeah huh you I, bet I, your life we did I remember it super well how which good is was good. it yeah <laughs> it just really seems to me that you look at the bands that play and you look at kind of the culture surrounding them in the alternative scene in the mid 90s it's just like it just seems toxic a lot, oh yeah a lot of shit I think was just like really toxic and and like, unfortunately, Courtney Love happened to find herself in in the wrong kind of epicenter of that whole toxic kind of scene. Yeah, you know? dude, like I was big into the Fragile when I was in high school. Yeah, um, right. When I, when I, I got I into Nine Inch Nails at the time. It's I'd, such a long album. <laughs> I didn't come to Nine Inch Nails until uni, so right. I was quite, really, I was yeah. quite late. To They're them. such a high school band. I no, can't I believe know. you missed that. Yeah, and also because I have a strong affectation for this kind of like gothicy industrial music, but I just missed them until I was in uni. Yeah, yeah I quite like them now, and even today, the record that came out last year, I really loved. I think you're right about it being weird in the context of the album though because there's so many other things in the album that are a lot more sparse and open and still really crushingly heavy yeah but it's Reznor definitely on his like you know teaming up with Atticus Ross doing soundtrack hours as opposed yeah. to like smashing out mm-hmm. you know the bangers on like the downward spiral yeah. or something like that like I think it's telling that according to Reznor this is a kind of song that he wrote in pieces over many years oh, yeah. it just so happened that he finished it in a way that he was happy mm. that it could be included in the fragile as opposed to something that he you know like wrote for the Fragile. He composed for the fragile, yeah. right? Right, because it just, it feels like such a single with that. It's chorus. such a single, like, yeah. The, yeah. the gang vox, like it could be a pop hook. It is a pop it song, is a, really. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Like, can, yeah. So no, it's great. It's, yeah. it's super fun. The, um, I'm always a bit whatever about Nine Inch Nails, but this is a good song. You like it? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Finding out that um he wrote it in pieces over years works for me as well. With if you consider all the different elements at play in this song, like as much as it all works as a cohesive unit, but you take like the verse vocals that we said we had that glitchy affectation that's the kind of thing that you can see him realising that he knows how to do with software and hardware like oh I can put this cool effect on my voice and stretch out like the like the O's down on this track and make it like a swung kind of thing like that and then like he's like oh I'll use that for a song at some point and like record some demo tracks for it and then like maybe like six months later he's like oh this like beat works really well with a shouty chorus but I don't really have the words for it but it'd be like references star to, flippers yeah. I think star mm. suckers it becomes the, the, the sensitive version yeah. Yeah. which um <laughs> the sensitive version has so many like obviously because even the verses are quite explicit but like that one with we'll suck you off non-drop will go to waste it's when also bad once you get past the taste ask kisser just like just quiet <laughs> there's nothing that can do you know, you know those yeah. when sensitive <laughs> versions of song we're just like and we will <laughs> Go to waste. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 Instead of smashing shit up in the video, he's just going out to people and giving them yeah. hugs. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's like the Drake clip. He's handing out money to people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, those, on those God's plan yeah. hours. <laughs> um, I think that, like, 
the fact that it's so fucking crude, though, it is so much a part of the it's identity under, of the yeah, song. It's like, yeah. it had, it's like in your face, waving its genitals. It kind of has to be that. And you know what I love, and I've never been able to get past, is how impossibly huge the very last moment of this song is. Like, it literally explodes. It's just, it's such a good payoff. Yeah. you've just had this, you know, it's like... high intensity the whole time. Yeah, it's yeah. driving, it's driving and driving, and then it explodes at the end. Yeah. Perfect. Some wild shit, man. As I've mentioned, this was one of the hottest 100s that I had the compilation CD of. And when I saw there was a naughty song in here, I was very excited, <laughs> as, as one, one tends to be. Man, fuck. How much fun is this? Like, I was listening to it on the way here, and I'm just walking down the street with this obnoxious fucking thing in my headphones. I'm just like, yeah. I'm going to go pick a fight. Yeah, I'm fucking yeah. ready. It's really great when you can, like, when bands can tap into the obnoxiousness that makes rock and roll or even, like, alternative rock music fun. Like, when you can be like, mm. you know what? This is, like, you're right, like, cock swinging, diamond over the top, and yeah. huge. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, fucking rock, mate. Yeah. yeah. Fucking rock. Mm. Fucking rock. Yeah, fucking rock. And can I just okay. say uh, a big, just a round of applause for the Triple J audience for getting together and managing to get a song called Starfuckers Incorporated in at number 69. Like, there's yeah. never been a more appropriate yeah. or horny choice. Fuck. Really love to think of, like, a coordinated campaign, not just to try and get a song in, but at a certain yeah. point where you're like, yeah. you've done the stats, you know how many people you need to vote for it. How many people voted last year for the similar number? Exactly. And, yeah, like, yeah, we need this many people. So what's our engagement? What's the, like, translation rate to voting? Yeah. It's tricky. Like, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, so, I'm proud of them. So yeah. for yeah, for all the hard work they put in doing all that, uh, just well done. Yeah, it, it was worth it. This uh, is um actually the the last time we're going to talk about the Nine Inch Nails. Really? Yeah. I guess that made final time. That makes sense in a way, though. I guess like this was their last kind of. I don't really know. I was single. kind of expecting, like, I don't know, maybe like the hand that feeds or something like that. The next couple of albums that came out were actually really big, so mm. it's, in a way, it's kind of surprising. And they did have some hits. Maybe so. it was just like a shift away from. I think it's in more. terms of what Triple J is playing. I want to point something out. Uh, it's not quite deep conspiracy levels, but we have had a recurring thing of uh, talking about an artist or a song, and then that artist or song turning up somewhere in the 2019 echelon. That's so, true. episode three, we talk about Rammstein, and then not a couple of weeks later, Rammstein are in the news uh, and in hot water for their song Deutschland. Then we move forward a little bit to Maloko Sing It Back. The day before, um, it was covered on Like A Version, uh, and at the end of that episode, we talked about Everlast's What It's Like, which a couple of weeks later would end up in the news thanks to uh, Democratic presidential nominee Pete Buttigieg? Buttigieg? Something like Butt that. Buttigieg. Yeah, Buttigieg. Buttman. The Buttman. Where he talked about that song as not necessarily being a song that he likes, but a song that reflects on how he approaches politics. Fucking hell. Which That's is so, so shit. Did you so miss that? No, no, I heard it. It's just like, God. I think it just goes to show what an influential podcast this yeah, is. That's yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. the hottest bump, you yeah. know? Yeah. Friendly, Some Kind of Love, featuring vocals from Sia Furler, who just put out a new album with Labyrinth and Diplo under the name LSD. She's Labyrinth really waiting Diplo. for our permission. Right? <laughs> just like, we've done the numbers here, and, you know, as soon as, as, soon as they release that episode, we're good to go. Yep. And now we arrive at the glorious number itself, number 69. And we are talking, obviously, we've been talking about Nine Inch Nails. Who in this room knows why Nine Inch Nails are currently in the cultural zeitgeist? Not me. I do, because it's Easter. Hey, there we go. All right. Our, our Lord 
was yeah. nailed to a cross. I have a feeling that Easter was scheduled before this podcast. <laughs> so that's how influential we are. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry. So, why, why are they in the news? Okay. So this is the song 34 Ghosts 4. Oh, I know why they're in the news. Now, now we know. There we go. So we have this instrumental. Right. We take it and then go... Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. 34 Ghost 4 is the song sampled in Old Town Road by Lil Nas X, which is currently the number one song in the world. Giving uh, Trent Reznor his first number one composition credit. And Atticus Ross. Mm. Both of them. So, cultural zeitgeist reflecting in on Nine Inch Nails. All thanks to the good boys in blue over at Hottest 100s and Thousands. Yeah, you're welcome, everyone. We live to give. At number 68, it's the return of Powderfinger with Good Day Ray. Hit it. Coming in at number 68 in the 1999 Hottest 100 with Good Day Ray from the album Internationalist, Adam. Yeah, hey. Hey, man. Is that you again? Yeah. It's It's your boy. It's your boy. It's your boy. What do you think? This isn't a Powderfinger song. This is a Foo Fighters song. (laughs) (laughs) Someone someone labeled this wrong, right? Downloaded it from a long This while. was a double single, though, with Don't Want to Be Left Out, which I yeah, think makes yeah. a so lot of a, sense. It does indeed. I think that yeah, is. Yeah, because the... they go next to one another on the album as well, mm. so they go right into one another. Well, more than that, they're just the sound of, of Powderfinger's discography that sound most similar to one another, but this one sounds most similar to the Foo Fighters as well. Like, it, just the delivery of the vocals. I could just imagine Dave Grohl doing the, the thrashiness of it. Like, there's a couple of elements that make it not that, being the, the kind of rock and roll fucking piano mm. going on. And also, the other thing that, of course, makes this so very Australian is the way he says like right right that's a good ready, John. that's a very and John good was ready yeah. John yeah. was absolutely he ready. Was ready also Australian because it's about Ray Martin yes really well, well, here's, mm. well here's the huh. thing right I think Ray it's Ray Martin mm. but mm. it's like the song is about someone getting at Ray Martin so I think this song is actually yeah he's at you again Ray mm. he's oh, testing out your about, headspace sure. it's about John, John Safran. <laughs> I'm outside Ray Martin's North Sydney home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's absolutely not in any way true, but... Mm. My you... understanding was that um, <laughs> in, in late 20... Uh, in 1998, yeah. uh, Ray Martin fell down some stairs. Oh, did he actually? And there was, like, an injury. Fall? Or was he pushed? pushed? <laughs> that's a was terrible measure. <laughs> no, it's it's a yeah. it, it, it was And a then there was just a point where it's like, maybe he would have to take it easy, you know, and turns out he did, because he was Ooh. injured, but... Bad day for it was Ray. A bad day. Yeah, it was a bad day for Ray. If you were a beloved TV personality and, and oh, journalist, <laughs> as our as our good Ray Martin is, mm. pretty nice of Powderfinger to write a Get Well song. Yeah, mm. yeah. If that's actually what that's about. Yeah. But it, like, but it's too much about this other person, this other unnamed person in there. The pusher. He's yeah. He's mm. at you again, Ray. The, the hidden assailant. Mm. Yeah. 
Adam Nelson. George Negus. I'm re- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the real N-word. <laughs> if you want to know about the, I guess, like any feuds that Ray Martin's had with John Safran, you can look that up. Yeah. Also, John Safran, please come on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, this is going to be me being a little bit pedantic because the last time we talked about Powderfinger, I said, like, man, this is the most powdery Powderfinger finger song that ever fingered. And now, this time around, I'm saying, like, well, it's not really Powderfinger enough, is it? So, <laughs> where's the powder? Where's the finger? Um, <laughs> Nowhere to be yeah. seen. Uh, and it's true, though. It's yeah, true. As, as there is a middle who... ground and it's not... It's between these songs. Come at me. I'd want my Powderfinger a certain kind of way. <laughs> as someone who doesn't really write hard for Powderfinger, I'm here for this song. Yeah, it's, right. like, it's fun. It's fun, yeah. The okay. keyboard line is very good. Pounding chord like that. And you, you are right, because it does sound like classic era Foo Fighters. You can fully picture Grohl doing that. Is that you again, Ray? Totally. Yeah. The best, no. the best, the best <laughs> of yeah. Ray. Yeah, the best of Ray. <laughs> It's for DVD collection. Did you know that Ross Noble uh, joke that he had about Ray Martin fighting a pig? Oh, Dude, yeah. I named a song after it. You you, you named a song, Ray Martin Fights a Pig. I sure did. Fantastic. It's on my first album. Check it out. Yeah. So I guess you do Please, know that joke. It's, it's not a great song, <laughs> but the title's awesome. Weird coincidence. Another great song about Ray Martin, Nancy Vandal's Ray Martin Has a Shed Full of Giant Robotic Killer Wasps. Very great song. song. Is that true? Yeah. Well, I think the defamation oh, laws. Even it's a great song. <laughs> I was asking about the laws. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think um, defamation laws in this country are so tangled, and you know that you could just say that they just really serve the privileged and not you know everyone else. That it's hard to say. So will the Negus come after us? The over the lyrics, being like, "Fuck, what do we do with this?" Yeah. So, mm. so Negus won't come for us. Who could say? Um, I really don't think he's a negus with attitude, so... Nah. Late turn for Ray Martin, now he's just like an Uber Eats ad <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, we see him. Very oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just sitting there at the bus stop and he goes past. I'm like, is yeah. that you again, Ray? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, that's a good way to explain it. If anyone's listening to the podcast going like, who's Ray Martin? He's, uh, he's, he's the, the guy, guy on the, the Uber Eats yeah. yeah, he's one of the handful of them. And yeah, then like, two buses go past. I'm like, oh, Rebel, Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> a reference to Rebel and then four buses go past. I'm like, oh, Ruby, 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 Ruby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Hamish and Andy don't have a song about them, so. Well, be the change you want to see the change, be the change, people. Come on, man. All right, coming up, this is the Test Eagles with Hamish and Andy. Yeah, I think it's, we can probably move on to Hamish and Andy now. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah, baby, yeah! At number 67, we have Madonna with Beautiful Stranger. Madonna's not the Test Eagles. She isn't.
in at number 67 in the 1999 Hottest 100. That is the song Beautiful Stranger. It comes from the soundtrack to the 1999 film Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, starring Mike Myers as the titular Austin Powers. Now, when I say titular, I'm not referring, of course, to the uh, big-breasted vampire titular. No, we're, t- we're talking about the person playing the role uh, that's in the title of the film. I think titular was in the Monster Mash too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. Titular <laughs> and her son. <laughs> Shout out to uh, my boys in Cameron and Alexi uh, for bringing titular into my world. So, we're here. We are one year removed from, in my opinion, Madonna's best album, Ray of Light. Many people would join you in that opinion I fucking love that record oh fuck Madonna's in the news as well right now she has a new New record record coming coming out out. she just just put out a new single this week so well because she knew yeah we we, we hit her up just like hey we're gonna talk (laughs) about your song so her and Young Thug are gonna be on the Old Town Road remix (laughs) so you know it's gonna be great so yes we're a year removed from that and Madonna uh, has the lead slash standalone single from the soundtrack to The Spy Who Shagged Me should we just uh, quickly fill people in on who, who Madonna is you know, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, for, for example, you know, uh, no one, no one truly knows when Madonna was born, but the first sighting was twelve thirty-eight BC. Yeah, she's a uh, hundred feet tall, uh, yep. made of solid gold. Yeah. Uh, she gave birth to the serpent that circles the earth. What else do we need to cover off on? She did that song with the Beatles. <laughs> Lady Madonna. Mm, yeah, that was true. her. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. She invented creme brulee. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. French for cream brulee. Mm. Well, she also invented the French language. Uh, cream yeah. brulee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going a really good bit. You know, people like fuck up and say like, yeah, I'll have some like some bruschetta. That's some creme brulee. <laughs> Piss off every server <laughs> in the city. Uh, so, we're travelling back to 1999 with Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. I fucking love this song. This is probably my top ten Madonna songs. It is 1969 and 1999 at the same time. Fully, it's fully. got that guitar and, like, the organ. Like, it's got a real kind of zombies vibe to it. Kind of like Time of the Season and She's the Not doors. There. Yeah, a bit of the doors. Bit you of know, Light My that... Fire going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, a bit of Light My Fire, mm. yeah. So it's, it's just as much of a throwback as it is like a contemporary pop song. Perfect, she right? could have she could have released this song at any point in the last fifty years, and it would have been a massive hit. I think it's just got that written all over it. That's true. That's one of the great things about Madonna, as we've discussed. She's quite chameleon-like. She's been around f- since the dawn of time, basically. And her net worth is several quintillion. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. she she's got a finger in a lot of pies. She invented um, pie. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, at this point, she's on another wind again. Of off the back of Ray of Light, not Ray Martin of Light. Uh, it's a really cool, really interesting position that she finds herself in from a creative headspace. And I, I don't think it's one that she'd ever really kind of hit again for another few years and not at least until Confessions of a Dance Floor so like Hung Up like Hung Up obviously explodes and becomes this massive massive song and there are a couple of like big hits after this so there was Music and Don't Tell Me and Me Against the Music and stuff like that all good but not like god tier level that I think Beautiful Stranger is there's just something so universal and something so inherently accessible and catchy and just really really well put together about this song that I'm just so so drawn to and and yeah, I would definitely consider this one of my absolute favourite Madonna songs. And it's definitely the uh, the high point of the Austin Powers soundtrack, which, of course, includes a couple of recordings from Ming-T, which is the fictional band that Austin Powers fronts. 
And uh, there's a bunch of other shit going on in that soundtrack. It's it's a hoot. It's a there's, real hoot. There's the um, Elvis Costello Burt Bacharach. Oh yes, I'll duet. never fall in love never again. Fall in love that is again. beautiful. It's very fucking yeah. good, man. And they made a whole record together. I didn't know that. Yeah, right, yeah, I yeah. That. I, quite, I don't really know Burt Bacharach, but I am a bit of a Costello yeah. stan. Yeah, yeah. Definitely worth checking out. Are you surprised that it's in the Triple J Cross 100? I didn't know Madonna had that crossover effect. Madonna has always been, like, ever since the start of her career, she has been the mainstream pop star. Like, yeah, she's, yeah, she's, totally. Do you think that this song got airplay on Triple J? It's in so many different like musical positions that it can play just as much to alternative radio as it could to pop radio. It's got that going for it. Maybe Madonna's a bit like old-fashioned or like, you know, uncool or whatever around this point. Same with like Kylie, hitting that kind of late period after being a massive star in the 80s. Mm. Double J would have never played Madonna or anything no. like that. But it's just like, oh, what? Everyone's abandoned this pop star? You're coming with us. <laughs> DJ, I think that's a, that's a great take, but I think what's more the case is that Triple J will vote for, like, the sound of bird noises if it's made it onto a movie soundtrack. <laughs> like, that has been proved again yeah. and again and again. Think Fucking I- Bubble Goose was what? Top 10? <laughs> Actually, Top 20. Um, it was too high anyway. But I, like, I, I, heard, I heard a really good album of Bird Noises last year. <laughs> I'm sorry, you did. did you actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Sandful from Venezuelan Forest. It was very good. Nice. Was there any Kakapo? I think so. New Zealand. Venezuela. Well, so, they could have feet no B&M no best new music if <laughs> fucking Billy Ray can get on Old Town Road they yeah. could put a cacapo on Venezuelan bird noises um, just what, mix it in what I want to talk like, about do I have to do everything <laughs> yeah. what I want to talk about with this song because obviously I knew the Austin Powers movie like I saw it when it came out kind of thing like that so I've always known well, this song well obviously I'd be disappointed yeah. if you didn't um, what I really love about the, like the, the video for this song of course is a bespoke video featuring Austin Powers himself yes. um, star, it's a, got like a hey, new, it's me Austin <laughs> It's time to listen to the new Madonna song. Oh, yeah, baby. Do I make you horny, baby? (laughs) Which album's it from, Austin? It's from the soundtrack to Austin Powers by Jaguar. That would be pretty funny. Yeah, It starts off with him in his car, the Jaguar, and then he gets a a video call from From Basil. Basil Exposition, and he says you have to take out this seductress agent who's Madonna um, and then it says uh, but don't fall into her traps she's already taken out agent 007 and 008 and then Austin says well it's time for agent 00 behave <laughs> very good and then he goes <laughs> yeah, really yeah and then he oh yeah baby and then he goes to the the concert that Madonna's playing at, and the video is then just mainly shots of him being horny for her and her like flirting with him is this a novelization of the so yes it <laughs> yeah, is this is what you're doing this is my second book um, a novelization of the clip to beautiful stranger <laughs> that's so fucking funny man I gotta be on this shit I um, that it goes on and then when it ends he failed in his plan and has fallen into her grasp and they're driving off in, in, in a shagwai together and she's like flirting with him or something and then he goes calm down that's one way to get a spanked bottom and she says I hope so and then he's all like <laughs> very nice thing. and then also what I love as well oh, I mean very on 60s the, yeah. on, on the um, what's it called uh, the, the official Madonna YouTube channel which has all of her videos that's one of them and <laughs> the ending of it after that cuts the black and there's an interstitial title that says Austin Powers a spy who me is now available for purchase on DVD and Blu-ray from Warner Home Entertainment oh, and, which yes. is super good and also the idea of somebody demanding the quality from Blu-ray for Austin Powers <laughs> 2 is so good to me I want I want spy Shagby on 4K yeah. so fucking give it to me I'm gonna get everything that you just said Andrew and like find someone who does calligraphy and just like, transcribe that word for word but uh, the song I'm 
I'm not like a Madonna expert or even like a huge fan of anything like that. But this song really works. The um, way you said Deej pointing out that kind of the zombies and Adam the Doors and was with the keyboard that did yeah, the flute. Yeah, fully. Yeah, yeah. It's so sick. Like I just. As a kid, I, I obviously didn't a have an understanding of a 60s yeah. musical palette. But then coming back to it now and actually mm. thinking about it, I'm like, oh, of course. Like, yeah. of course it's playing with all this stuff. Best flute solo in a pop song? I think so. Strongly think Certainly so. Certainly in this countdown so far. A flute's horny? I reckon. Yeah. In the right context, what, totally. What, what part of the orchestra are they in? They, are they with the horns? Or they're, they're with they're the wind. Wind. It's well, woodwind. You also use, well, they're, not, they're not made of wood, and you also use wind to play a fucking tuba. Grow up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to fucking defend that thing. Jesus Christ. Well, Andrew, you you show me a wooden tuba, and I'll be like, all right. Show me a wooden flute. Oh, wait, they exist. <laughs> they exist super easy. Fucking got him. <laughs> got him a beauty. Yeah. You just played yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I did just play myself. I think any instrument that you blow has yeah. some horniness to it. Yeah. Already, you nice. know, nice. Yeah. nice. Or like the cello. Who was the the did the, the blew me like a cello? Was it the cello? Oh, that Lil, Lil Yachty. Yachty. Lil Yachty. Yeah. Lil Yachty. That, innocent. Lil Yachty had this thing where he said in a lyric, he said talking about someone someone blowing him like a cello, and then in the which doesn't make any sense. And then in the Genius Annotation on the website Genius.com, where you can add annotations for lyrics and authors of songs can add their own annotations that are approved and he added an annotation for that saying okay look I fucked up here nobody told me this and I thought I was alright I thought a cello was the thing that Squidward used <laughs> very good that's, that's so the good. second best one of all time the best one of all time is uh, when Chance the Rapper annotated his own verse from um, Ultra Light Beam the Kanye West track which he features on which is the best feature one of the best um, verses yeah one, one of the best, best verses one of the best non-Andre 3000 yeah. guest verses or Nicki Minaj verses yeah. true yeah. and then um, he, Chance annotated his line where he said um Fooling the devil's neck to the drift of Pangea, and someone was saying, saying like, I think it's about this. And then Chance corrected them and said, No, what I'm saying is I'm stomping on Satan's neck so hard it's causing continental drift. <laughs> so That's pure, amazing. The purest guy. Hey. I will, I will raise you uh, on that though. Uh, for my personal favorite all-time annotation on genius, uh, we're all familiar with Eminem's 2002 single "Cleaning Out My Closet." Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that song begins with Eminem saying. Where's my snare? I have no snare in my headphones. Classic. This line, three years ago, was annotated by Eminem, which says, This was true. I was recording and couldn't hear the snare. The engineer had it muted for some reason. I left it in. (laughs) Outstanding. And now you know. And now you know, So that is the only line in the entire song... Uh, that Eminem annotated. <laughs> Very good. The only line in the entire song. It's just like, oh, you're not going to bring up the whole, you know, your mum having Munchausen's or talking about how you wish she was dead and shit. No, you're just going to talk about that, the snare in your headphones. Fair enough. Everything man. else speaks for itself. But, yeah. But him saying he had no snare in his headphones could, could mean anything. 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 Yeah. And that he let us know he decided to leave it in the song. And we wouldn't have known that no, otherwise. I would have had no idea. Yeah. yeah. Do you know who the actual beautiful stranger was, just to bring it back to Madonna briefly? Jesus. Jesus. Austin. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, no. It was You've got three very different answers there. Which bachelor will you pick? It, it, it was a it was a failure at the time. Uh, yes, his name was Andy Bird. He was a British writer, and the story goes that she left this song for him on his answering machine. That's very beautiful. That is a very horny thing to do. Just played it on her phone. <laughs> sang, Into her phone. Sang it. Sang it on her phone. Wow. For, as an answering machine. And then he's like, oh, I've got to head out. I'll shut the machine real quick. All right. Oh, on. 
I guess literally but the, she might need something maybe she's <laughs> like do I need to pick something up from the shops I guess oh, the bus, uh, is, uh, the bus uh, is about uh, to go no, I'm just gonna go just is gonna... It, baby did you get the song I left you yeah I, I, I listened to all of it so <laughs> so I uh, you too babe <laughs> but imagine because, like... because the message is a time she has to leave it in like first yeah. you have six new messages <laughs> and there's just not enough space on the tape so it's like kind of have to delete it because I'm <laughs> expecting an important call and I don't want to miss that message <laughs> But it's got to feel pretty good for him. The, big, yeah, very the biggest, most powerful, most successful pop star of all time living a horny, horny song yeah. that she wrote about you on your answering machine. And he was a writer, Andrew, mm. so... Mm. And his name is Andy. <laughs> Keep at it. Mm. <laughs> Keep at it, bro. Maybe when I can get a horny message from Madonna. You know, maybe you can, dude. We all hold it's like hope. a B-side that no one really likes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's oh. A diss track. <laughs> 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 Nobody wanted a sequel to The Great Gatsby, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) She's just angrily critiquing your book. That would rule. Alright, enough fucking around at number 66. This is The Test Eagles. We'll turn that shit up. Come on, come on, turn that shit up. This is the sound, but the radio will kill this Don't bring us down, cause we're not about the mainstream Got the underground, build our own team Come on everybody, turn it up so we can send this We need to spread good vibes so we can mend this This is what we see and this is how we build this That was the Test Eagles coming in at number 66 uh, in the 1999 Hots 100. Uh, the track was called Turn That Shit Up. Yes. Uh, it's quarter two. You are here on Radio National. And uh, we're here with a panel of uh, esteemed experts uh, on on the beloved 1999 hit single from the Australian uh, rap, rock, funk metal uh, outfit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to cross to uh, our resident expert, Mr. Mr. Andrew Andy. Andy McDonald, PhD Pleasure. candidate. Mm. P- Pleasure to be here. P- PhD candidate with a PhD, a pretty pretty uh, huge dick, I believe is uh, what what that is short for. But uh, definitely <laughs> not short for <laughs> down candidate there. Candidate for having <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the, the fellas. The fellas know what I'm talking about. Fingers crossed that that <laughs> hope the surgery takes. Woof. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll um this off. Uh, what was Rage Against the Machine worth it? <laughs> if, 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 if this is what we got, it's so so funny that Rage Against the Machine released Gorilla Radio this same year because this is the Within age months of one another. This, that's so funny because so many people would have been like, you know, that song that goes turn, turn that, that shit, shit up. up. Yeah, and who so knows? many people, so and, many people, and, 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 then, and then like, yeah, talking then, about Gorilla Radio. Oh, and and yeah, like, yes, like, I do know that song. It's like it's like kind of like rap metal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, the, oh, look at the difference between how great Gorilla Radio is and how terrible this is. <laughs> and this is terrible. After the turn that shit up bits, the the, the opening like stanza, um, oh come on, turn it up so you can feel this. This is the sound but the radio will kill this. Don't bring us down because we're not about the mainstream. Got the underground build our own team. Shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> that's, that's, that's so that's so fucking bad. A talking about how you like 
the radio will kill this and then you get in a Hos 100 strike one um, <laughs> talking about how you're all about the underground is just dorky as shit strike two this is so bad I remember um, being in a family friend's car with a, like their kids that we were friends with the mum was driving and she had Triple J on and she was a very um, like serious and kind of like softly spoken devout like a very Christian woman um, and this song came on and as a kid I was just like oh, whatever I'm not really paying attention I like swears um, and then she was, that was going on and then she was after the opening turn that shit up she was like turn that music down and turn the radio off <laughs> which at the time I was like fucking hell but looking back maybe there's something to being a dorky old Christian <laughs> if it, gets, it means you don't have to hear this song so what you're saying is you've seen the light <laughs> so that's like crazy that was Seth Eagles plan all along yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a false flag yeah. this is truly on the low end of like the badness that you think of when you think of like rap metal like it's just so shitty it's very funny to me mm. how bad it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> I laughed a lot when I heard the song yeah. the it's verse like- started and I had to pause it because I was laughing <laughs> <laughs> honestly if it's meant to be funny it's a pretty good bit that it's very subtle. <laughs> <laughs> the bit where I think they, they do the line once, but then they come back to it a few times. We swear from here on not to let each other down. I want to know what they were doing before. Or letting each other down, or at least at being at risk of it. Yeah. Uh, they're best friends for life now. What are you doing? <laughs> we swear to let each other down. Like, having to, like, vocalise that with your friends. I think, I think it's meant to be like, you know, like a, this is a real mission statement song. Like, you know... We're well, here right, like, from the underground. Yeah. The radio is going to try and shut us down, but we. But you should turn that shit up. Turn that shit up. We like we have a bond. The three of us, two of them are brothers. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Maddie and Aidy Matt. <laughs> what? One of them's name is Maddie, Maddie Matt. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah, we got Maddie Matt, Aidy Matt, and D Paisawa. <laughs> Matt. Um, Matt. Yeah. Maddie Matt. You, which you, if your last name's already Matt, mm. like I kind I of love it. Because it's just so great. It's just so bad. Like, I just had the best time listening to this. Much, much better time I've had, had listening to many great songs. Yes. <laughs> you know, really. Um, you carry over champ. Walk <laughs> <laughs> it. Hey, it's early in the episode. We'll, who knows? <laughs> this is just some, like, real hometown hours. You know, I don't want to dick on affirmative action, but, like... Without a homegrown music focus, music like this would never, ever get anywhere. <laughs> like... I mean, it's kind of cool in a way, I suppose. Yeah, I had a lot of fun listening to this song. There's some parts of the energy that I quite like. The actual guitar, not the riff itself, but the tone. I'll pay that. And also, like... They bought a nice amp. Yeah. (laughs) And they used it well. They they twirled those knobs just right. And then played the guitar with it. That's the vibe I got, though. The vibe I get from this is they figured out how to do a song like this. And then they just did a song like this. And then they filled the song with things like, Crank your Stezza to the max. I know you feel this. Again, I do feel Stezza. it. <laughs> Fucking Stezza. Stezza. Like, it is Stezza! funny. <laughs> uh, if, only, if only that song a few apps ago had been... Um, Throw water on your neighbor's Stezza. <laughs> <laughs> Spray water on the Stezza. Fuck. This song is the absolute opposite of pretentious. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? And so I, I feel like I can understand why it got such a following 
they do position themselves as being the hometown heroes. It's, it's completely unpretentious. It's high energy. And it's got that kind of underdog thing to it. Like, there, there is definitely a whole bunch of people who are going to rally around this and have a really sick time. Is there a pretense, but, to, though, to being so much like we're all about the underground, the mainstream is going to shut us down? Like, I, think, I think it's just like it's innocent and it's not considering it, what it's actually... It's, yeah. it's, it's the same thing. Like, you know, in like... Like, if you wanted to be alternative and you're a teenager, you would have these kind of thoughts about, like, yeah, totally, man, the yeah. Like, I hope to God these guys were, like, uh, were under 18 when they wrote this. Because mm. if they were, like, adult, adults who were voting, if they, if they could drive, that sucks. Um, so this, <laughs> this band at this point was five years old. Right. So, wow, so way younger than teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good then, all right. Yeah. So Testicles formed in 94. That, to me, suggests definitely driving age. I assume that they were at least... 11. <laughs> they formed the band. I think the um, I think the worst moment in the song for me is definitely like, this is the sound of the new generation. Stop down. We are the new generation. Yeah. Like that's just to really spell it out for us. I hey. mean, if I, if I hadn't like tapped out, like, my man, there, that's that's just half out. Like, woof. Okay. I mean, I love it. I don't like. Oh yeah, it's, it's so it, bad. There's a part of me. Wanna, you know. There's a part of me that just feels bad, kind of dicking on it. Because again, yeah, like yeah. I just, I just like, man, I'm not going to dick on your best friend's mate's band. Yeah. Like, well, not to their the, face that, anyway. That, 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 I think that's just about far enough removed. My best friend's mate, not my mate. Mm. <laughs> it's that band that you know when your friend is in a band, and you're like, oh, mm. yep, nice. I, I'll go to a few of your shows. Yeah. yeah. They're either called Mate Rock or Good Set Man Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, good set, man. Yeah, this is this is good set, man, Rock. Oh, yeah. fucking Test Eagles have been told too many times. Hey, great set, man. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, you imagine a, a whole set of music like this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're loving it, Nathan. <laughs> You'd have the best time. Yeah. Your abs would be sore by the end of it. Yeah. I feel really bad because I would just be laughing. I'd yeah, be at the back yeah, yeah. of the room laughing, you know. <laughs> oh, man, that guy's having a great time. <laughs> They only released one album, uh, yeah. Non-Comprehendus, uh, the year after this, um, but they kicked around till 2008, just like they played Big Day Out a bunch of times, mm. presumably just in Adelaide, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's so, it's gonna ship so them out, funny like. that their last show was opening for the band Mammal, who were also a rap rock <laughs> yeah. band. Kept that dream alive, didn't yeah. you, boys? These guys are proto-Mammal. So th- this is a line Ian McFarlane wrote about the album. A heavy-duty mix of alternative metal riff rock squalling sound effects, experimental electronic beats and samples. It was certainly the most visceral album to chart in the Australian top 10. Top 10. Since the likes of Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson. So like a year prior. (laughs) (laughs) A week prior. It's like, well, this is the most visceral stuff since Tuesday. (laughs) Fuck, that should have been the name of the album. Most visceral since Tuesday. That's a really good sentence. It's it's nicely modal. It's Mm. got a good audio aesthetic. Unlike uh, (laughs) the Dust Eagles. We've mentioned them now, so they, you know, look forward to them popping up in the news. <laughs> if they do a reunion tour, I will go. <laughs> we have that on record. I'm in if you guys are. No Maybe cowards. Maybe part of the Sydney Comedy Festival or something. No cowards allowed. <laughs> that brings us to the end of the greatest episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands of All Time. Wow. We, uh, we had some laughs. We had some cries. We... Uh, Man, it was all over the place, man. It was a it was a real good time for all involved. And nobody got hurt. That's the main thing. 
Do you, have the, do you, do you have... think the testicles guys got Oh, that? look, they'll be fine. So before we get on out of here, we're going to pick our favourites and our least favourites and continue that ever-continuing story of Carry Over Champ and Carry Over Chump. Uh, Adam. Yo. You can kick us off. Man, I was so close to changing my champ to whatever you want. To Test Eagles? No. <laughs> <laughs> to that other Something for Kate song. Like, I love those songs equally. And I, I wish that I was able to make it my champ, at least for a period of time. But That's I think, never happened. I think I don't think. What? Replacing a champ with same a song artist. by the same artist. Yeah, well, I mean, I could make it happen now. But I think I like Hallways just a little mm, bit more. Yeah. Just a little bit. Um, but man, like, it is super, super close. I'm not going to change from Funkstar Deluxe uh, as being my chump. Test Eagles, although the worst song in this episode is not worse than that. Fuck it. Uh, Beautiful Strangers, my new champ. Whoa. Nice. And least favourites... Oh, yeah, I guess turn that shit up. You know, it's it's whatever. Like, I never actually said anything. I was just like, eh, it's fucking, it's whatever. Like, it is way more unintentionally hilarious than anything. So that's the only way to really just enjoy that song. And just like, it's just dumb fun. So just be like, yeah, sick. Nice one. Um, Yeah, that's not going to beat Funkstar Deluxe as my carryover chump. My fave from this app is also uh, Something for Kate. Wonderful track. Um, my champ remains uh, Body Rock, Moby. My least favourite is the Test Eagles, and I'm going to keep my carryover chump Ooh. as Funkstar. No even one's though, pulled the trigger. Even mm. though it is a it is a stinker. Least favourite is Test Eagles, but I'm going to keep Every Morning as my chump. Um, kind of want to make Test Eagles my favourite as well, but uh, <laughs> something for Kate, yeah, I guess my favourite, but I will keep Run On as my champ. Man, hanging on to a few there, man. Yeah, yeah vigilant. Nice. Good one. I hate change. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, we will continue on with the swinging 60s next week. But until then, on behalf of Dr. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> the Fembot. Groovy. And Adam. Yeah, baby! Danger Buncher. Who did it too early? <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. My name is number two, aka Fat Bastard. Everything is good for you. I am a baby! Cuckoo. Through the town road, I'm gonna. Till I can't no more, I'm gonna. My horse through the. I'm gonna.